Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents the Honorable Judge Dan Jacobs. There we go. Thank you, Kevin Kistner. I see. I did. I made an executive decision today. Normally, I just let the riffraff behind the glass, and they screw it up every Saturday. Sundays, I made the decision. We made the. And it was based on you, the listeners, your temperament, what you bring to the show, which is a lot on Sundays. And we made it the easy, like Sunday morning edition of the Dan Jacobs Show. And so I chose easy, like Sunday morning. With Lionel Richie on the vocals, but I believe it's actually a song by the Commodores. But Saturday, I try and give the producers of the show a little artistic license, a little, you know, a little freedom to pick something good to bring us into the show. And they fail miserably almost every Saturday. They don't capture the mood, the spirit of the show. And so today I just said, I'm 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 taking the bull by the horns, and I put I, I picked Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. And I always hesitate because I, I, you know, in fact, I want your guys' input on this. I love this song. I'm not a huge music guy, but there are some songs that speak to me, right? This is a song that speaks to me. And I've talked about this. That I have a mix in the morning when I do my walks. And it's kind of a little bit of a motivational mix. Because I think you start your day right. Here's the thing. You can't be angry and grateful at the same time. You just can't. So, gratitude is a cure for stress and anxiety and anger. So I want to start my day. I want to cure myself of my ills with with gratitude, right? And, And this song puts me in a good mood. It puts me in a grateful mood. And it gets me excited. So I have a mix of songs that I listen to. This is one of them. Now, my only thought, though, is... Here, put put it up just a little bit, Kevin. It's a great song. But it's a tad... Kevin, what do you think? It's a tad on the mellow side. Very mellow. Very mellow. very mellow. And when I come into the show, I'm excited. I'm full of energy. And this song puts me in a good mood. But listeners, what do you think? 303-713-1043. I've been hesitant to take the bull by the horns and say this is the song we're going to open every Saturday with. Because I don't know if it, if it has enough energy. It puts me in a good mood, and I think it'll put you guys in a good mood. But I said it's it's particularly apropos Given what we've been experiencing with the rain every single day. Welcome to Seattle, Denver, everybody. Every single day for the last, I don't know, several months. My five-year-old daughter even picked up on it. She goes, this is the summer of rain. Like, how does she even pick up on things like that? But that's what she said. So, I don't know. Listeners, I'll put it out to you a little bit. 303-713 on the um, RamosLaw.com text line. I don't know. Should we make it the official Saturday song to kick us into the show? Because we've really struggled. I've been doing this show for every Saturday, for the most part, four to five years. And we've never really had a, you know, we have had songs that like Kyle Barry would pick out. He had a song he played in honor of my daughter, um, which I never really liked. But I was like, well, I can't protest because 
you know, it's my, my daughter, you know, it's my daughter's favorite band. So I never said protested, but even though I didn't like the song, right? Um, by the way, I got a text. I'll get to in a second. And then, you know, Kyle Berry quit, went on to bigger and better things. He's out there. I saw him, by the way, out there. You know, he's on the floor during the Nuggets parade or uh, championship, all that stuff. Good on Kyle Berry. We love him. So he left. And then we just kind of had, had a hodgepodge of songs to open up the Saturday show. So I'm just thinking, I don't know. Maybe this is a song because it speaks to me. It doesn't speak to you guys, listeners. You can... Um, yeah, way in there. By the way, so we have a text. Listener says, Dan, just finished golfing with a buddy who belongs to Ballyneal, and he told me there are no carts on the course, so keep that in mind if someone gets you on there. That's from Chris, by the way. He says the song is too mellow. Chris, now first off, I have golfed at Ballyneal. I golfed with the original, the creator. His name is Rupert O'Neill. The guy that built the course invited me out. Now, he's not the owner of the course anymore, so I can't call him up. So, Chris... If you're listening, yes, I know. So I have a personal conduct policy, which says you don't golf. You don't. You don't walk. There's two things. One, no weekend golf because that's atrocious. And two, when you play golf, you play golf like a man. You take a cart. Now, of course, there's exceptions to every rule. And Ballyneal, there are no carts. You have a caddy, right? Old school. It's link style. It's like Scottish and all that stuff. So yes. So Chris. You sent me the wrong text. I already knew that, Chris, and I do appreciate you texting. The text that should have said, you should have sent was, Dan, I just finished golfing with a buddy who belongs to Ballyneal. He told me that you, me, and him are playing golf this Thursday at Ballyneal. Thanks, Chris. Love the show. That's the text I should have saw from you, Chris. Not that he told me there's no carts, which I'm aware. It could have said, Dan, just finished golfing with a buddy who belongs to Ballyneal, and he told me there are no carts on that uh, no, no carts on that course, but we're all playing. You, me, and him are playing next Thursday. That's the text I need from you, Chris. That's what I'm looking for. Not just he's telling me there's no golf course, which I know. I've already played the course. I want to play again, Chris. You, me, and him out there next week. Okay, some more text. Uh, listen to hardcore music. You'll have more energy. Yeah, but it makes you angry. Hardcore music makes you angry. By the way, um, welcome into the program to my left, uh, Kevin Kistner, host of what's the podcast? Country Music Podcast. The Hook? The Hook Podcast. The Hook. So I have some things I need to speak with you. He's a producer of, well, right now, you've been all over. I've been everywhere. What show have you not produced? The Morning Show. They've never allowed you to ruin that. I've never been titled the producer of The Morning Show, but I've done it. A uh, hundred times. You filled in. Yeah. But they've never said, they've never trusted you to be like, okay, we can let him actually, you know, be a regular part of that show. Yeah. I don't That's know. a moneymaker on this station. We can't allow you to be a part of that. Well, and it's super early. Right. I mean, you got to get up like at 3 a.m. I, that's, that's too early for me. Yeah. There's some nights yes. I'm not going to bed till like one. Right. One? What are you doing at 1 a.m.? Yeah, you know, watching TV. Put stuff on Instagram, you know, all the good stuff. Okay. You know, you got four jobs. You got to do something. Trust me. I got four or five jobs. You know me. Uh, Need more energy to start the weekend? See, that was, I was kind of thinking, what do you think? I I love the song. Puts me in a great mood. But when I start this show, I'm fired up. Is it too mellow? Maybe it, I think it's a little mellow. But if it fires you up, then it fires you up. Personally, I would maybe put in the second segment. Okay. To come out. Well, that second segment's always, um, Maryland. Oh, well then, you got to get like Darth Vader music or something. Yeah, Darth Vader or, you know, I hate 
I hate everything about you, but like Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody here does, says yes. Uh, yeah, here comes the sun every Saturday. They like it. Um, somebody says also, I've got a bad foot. I can't wa- uh, walk off. Yeah, see? Yeah, it's part of the, the policy. Another person does say it's too mellow for an intro song. Yeah, I, I respect that. Somebody else says a big yes with an emoji. Dan, Here Comes the Sun is an all-time great freaking song. Always makes me sing. Always makes me smile. Always makes me happy. I love that song. In fact, I just learned it on my ukulele. That's from Tim and Parker. A big yes. I'd love to hear Tim's uh, version on the ukulele. Sydney behind the glass. Sydney Cora, thank you for being here. Uh, What say you on this? I don't think it's too mellow at all. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I'm not really. I like spacey, mellow music, and like I'm not one of those types of people who's like, oh, like this song's too mellow or this song's gonna make me tired. I feel like it's about like the mood that it puts you in, and that song puts you in a happy mood. There we go. So we're getting we're about fifty fifty right now. I a think. little bit fifty fifty. Now, Kevin, um, I wanted to talk to you because because you're. You, we, we've we've had some fun at your expense throughout the past several weeks, and then we're talking before the show, what, what, and there's even more reasons to kind of dunk on you a little bit. What were you coming after me for before? Well, so Zach By, who's going to be on the program tomorrow at 1020, you, you do not want to miss that. Uh, so he's been living the life. He's been living the dream, and it's been such a, a pleasure and a joy to kind of live vicariously through Zach and to... You don't often, and this is really, this is cool. Like, you don't often get to see somebody you care about actually get to see them living their dreams right, right in front of your very eyes. Right. And with Zach, we've seen that. And with a lot of people here in the station, we've seen that with Rachel. We've seen that with, I've seen you, your social media. You're doing it too, man. You're out there. You're living it up. But he's telling the story. So he he has this epic night. He's out at Ball Arena. And he's a basketball guy, true and true. You know, he grew up. I love Zach By. I grew up with a poster of Zach By listening to his show. I had a poster of him on my wall when I was a little kid, right? So I, I'm a big Zach By fan, and he he listened to the radio. You know, he's told the story. They didn't have a lot. They didn't have a TV, um. So he listened to the radio all the time. He's played college basketball. Going to the NBA Finals is something that he's dreamed of. He's there. He runs into a guy. And we see this all unfolding on Twitter. Guy hits him up before, you know, he says, hey, by the way, I might have something for you. It's a seat. He gets an email. He says, what's your email address? It's a seat. Second row behind Peyton Manning. It's like, oh, my God. It's a thing of a lifetime. Right? Sean Peyton's right there. Peyton Manning's right there. He's sitting in these $10,000 seats. It's awesome. We're all seeing it. The Nuggets tweet him out. They, they take a picture. They put it on their social media. It's Peyton and him. You see, Zach By. It's amazing. And then he comes in the next day. He's telling this epic thing. And then he's telling the story. He's like, and you know what's funny? Is who's one of the, you know, at this station, who's the biggest Peyton Manning fan of all time? I'll have you answer that question. Well, Kevin obviously. It's Brandon Stokely and then me. You know, I'm probably well. Sorry. I mean, it's, it's you first because you know he's he's Brandon Stokely's best or Brandon Stokely's Peyton Manning's best friend, right? Right? Like he's you know it's he's a, he's his fan, but he, you know he's his bro, <laughs> right? You know he's getting you know, Peyton kicked off golf courses, <laughs> right? You know, so um, so you are 
right? It's well yeah. known. I mean, it's known. I mean, I've been a Peyton Manning fan since I was six years old, you know. So, I mean, it's, 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 I don't, you know, people kind of blow it up, but you know, yeah, when you're growing up, that's your favorite player of all time. Well, and, not just growing up. When he got here, you geeked out. Oh, they, yeah, that was a dream come true. When he was playing here, you were working here, were you not, or no? Uh, I was interning here okay, during the free agency here. period. So you're pretty excited that he played here. Oh, I mean, amazing. Uh, any opportunity you get to, you know, be around Peyton Manning, I think is a pretty big deal for you. Yeah, I mean, who, who wouldn't want to be around Peyton Manning? Right. More so you than probably me. I mean, I would love to be around Peyton Manning, but, yeah, like, I mean, I mean. Who doesn't want to be around their childhood hero? Right. So the story comes out. There's, there's a not yeah. only this $10,000 seat, yeah. courtside, living for the NBA Finals, first ever in Nuggets history, but it's right behind Peyton Manning. And I missed out. Zach By, he's trying to get a hold of you. You're like my wife and kids, man. So phone doesn't mean nothing to you. So somebody's reaching out with an opportunity of a lifetime. Oh, Kevin Kister, you're because you're in the building. Yeah, which I'd love to know how the heck you got in the building. Pay for tickets, just spent the money. Yeah, and then, um, but you're too busy apparently to to when uh, opportunity comes a knocking. What what is what's the Eminem saying? What what does Eminem say about? I don't know opportunity. I have City, no idea. You know? Well, once in a lifetime, something like that. All right. <laughs> Can we come back? You only got one shot. Yeah. Do not miss your chance. Oh, and I'm thinking. Hold on. Hold on, Sydney. This opportunity Keep... not I thought you were talking lifetime. about. Yo, you better lose yourself in the music. <laughs> I don't the know. The moment. Yeah. yeah. See, Mom spaghetti. I thought you were talking about Eminem, Eminems. <laughs> Why would I be talking about the, the guy in the know. cartoons? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Great job out of you, Sydney, by the way. I think you did a really good job there. Yeah, you got the moment. And what happened when you, well, with you? You so, blew it. So we're watching the game, and I had my phone in my pocket. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, those seats up at Ball Arena on the third deck, they're pretty tiny. Uh -huh. So I didn't feel my phone because I'm kind of squished into those seats. Mm -hmm. And I, I waited till the whistle. Once the whistle hit and I pull my phone out, I see a text from Zach, what's your email? Hurry, all caps. Yeah. And I was like, uh, here. And I sent him my email, and I never hear back from him. Too late. I and I looked. It was three minutes after he had texted me. Three minutes. Mm -hmm. Too late. And I have no, the rest of the night, I don't hear from him. Then I see him on the Jumbotron behind Peyton. I said, uh, are you trying to get me down there? He didn't even respond to that. Yeah. And so, it, you know, the day just, the night went on. I'm like, oh, well, you know, good for Zach, you know. Well, the night went on, but where did you end up, though? I ended up in the suite. There you go. The company suite. Yeah. I took my dad down there. But then I also thought about it. It was like, this is a huge moment to be at the NBA Finals with my dad and my brother, who have all been lifelong fans. My brother brought his wife. And I was like, you know, would I rather be up here with my dad cherishing this moment, or would I rather be down next to Peyton after, you know, I met Peyton three times now in my life. At this one, I think I'd rather be with my dad you know in this moment. Really you know what's really cool is um, I don't, uh, you know, so sometimes like to get to, you don't often get to see courage up close and personal every day. Like it's awesome to get to see courage. And also you don't also get to see delusion and denial. Like, and right now delusion and denial is three feet from me. You think right I'm now, denying this? You're in delusional. I would have absolutely delusional. I don't care. Dad, Pops, I love you guys. Enjoy your seats. I'm going to see with Peyton Manning. Mom. It's Peyton Manning. My, Peyton, I love you. I love you. My dad did Get say, goes, here. My dad say, he goes, I would have made you go down there. I'm like, of course Dad, I want, want it. I want, you know, I met Peyton Manning. I partied with Peyton Manning at, you know, after the CMAs. 
And, you know, I've, I've watched his son play football. Get out of but here. But he was with this kid. Courtside. I didn't want to be that guy. No, quit it. You're I would have went down for a few minutes. So here's the other story now. The other story is, so you're doing your podcast and you're, what, you're in Nashville or something. Yeah. And some band. And by the way, this is part of the job. You've got to learn that as you're networking, if you mm-hmm. get these opportunities to go and do something, yeah. you got you got to capitalize. Yeah. But tell me this story that you actually would have... Now, these Nuggets, man, I'm more impressed with their championship party routine from the coach. See, here's the problem with the Broncos that we don't people don't understand I've been harping about. It starts at the top, and they have been bad from the top on down, and, it, and, and they haven't been able to figure it out. The Nuggets organization starts at the top, and if you're going to party, it starts at the top. It has started with Coach Malone. Oh, he yeah. is blowing the roof off this joint, and so what we found out is – um, not only did they, you know, party, you got, like, they just, from the s- second that horn sounded, Ball Arena, behind the scenes, became this ultimate party zone. You know, Aaron Gordon jumping out of his car, walking home um, <laughs> in the streets of Denver. Then they party, they do the parade, and then they go to Vegas. And you could have been right there, brother. I could have been Behind right there. the scenes with them. Yeah, I could have. blew that, too. I could have. Tell us about that. So... Um, during doing the country podcast, you know, I've built a lot of relationships with people in Nashville and artists and songwriters. Well, one of our, uh, a buddy of the podcast, his name is Michael Rotundo. He's performing out there in Vegas. Uh, I think it was last night. And, uh, uh, his, one of his friends that was part of the band texted me and my buddy and my co-host Braley and said, Hey, you know, uh, you, do you guys want to come out to the, to the show on Friday nights? We're in Vegas. And we're like, well, dude, you know, it's last minute flights are, you know, pretty expensive. Are you, like, sending the private jet or what? And, you know, they're like, well, we don't have that. But if you guys can make it, we'd love it. Well, last time Braley went out to Vegas, they, uh, let's just say they had a $17,000 tab get covered for free. Right. And so I'm, like, sitting there, I was like, well, this is going to be a similar night if we go. Well, then they went out, and whatever club they were at, they get a, we get a text that says, hey, Nuggets plus whatever uh, club they were at equals amazing or something like that. You blew it. You blew it again. So they were out there, and they ended up partying with the Nuggets a little bit, and, yeah, could have been right there. He blew it twice. What do you think about this guy, Sydney? I don't know. I think it's pretty cool that you went and hung out with your dad. Yeah. Uh, See? See? Why do you get in this? You got in this business for these opportunities. You're just going to blow them all. I don't understand. I thought. But at the end of the day, Peyton Manning's just another guy. Uh, no, no, no. He's not just another guy. <laughs> he's like bigger than the president, I feel like. I appreciate he's going to be commissioner at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you sticking because you guys are teammates. You you guys band together. Sydney's a team player. I appreciate her uh, loyalty to her fellow, yeah. uh, you know, board up producer behind the scenes. But, uh, you know, I'll, I, say, I'll say this. I mean, Peyton Manning's going, he's hosting the CMAs again. Yeah. I don't know if that's breaking news. And I guess where I'll be again. Back in Nashville. Yeah, you may have you may have other chances to hang out with Peyton Manning. Yeah, but you might not ever have a chance to watch a hang out with your dad. A, no, during no, the no. NBA Finals. Tomorrow's yeah, Father's Day. You're gonna hang out with your dad tomorrow. Yeah, but it's the NBA Finals. How many times am I going to spend money to go back to the NBA Finals? Every time they go, I'd assume. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, everybody I, I hosted, so I was talking to D-Mac and Evans and and Stink, and they're all like, "Oh yeah, no, it's foregone conclusion. Take it for granted. They're going back." Five championships, whatever they said. Five. 
All right, I got to get to uh, James Merrill, Kevin Kistner. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, that was fun uh, smashing on you a little bit, uh, but you have great opportunities. <laughs> the Hook Podcast. Just anywhere you get podcasts. Anywhere you get a podcast. It's country music podcast. Uh, I was just looking at Garth Brooks in trouble. Maybe you guys could cover that. Garth Brooks is in trouble. Did they say uh, something about his bar not getting open because of his uh, controversial stances? Well, maybe. Hey, maybe we'll talk about it on the next episode. Right, there you go. That's Kevin Kistner. Uh, coming up next, the lovely and talented Denver's favorite son, James Merlat. Coming up next. You blew it! Taking a break from laying down the law in the courtroom to lay down the law in the sports world. Here's Judge Dan Jacobs on Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. All right, James Merrill. James, I've got a new title for you this week. You want to hear it? Okay. Sure. Denver's favorite favorite son. Uh, I will take that. I I think that's pretty appropriate. I think I uh, qualify in a lot of ways for that that moniker. So, sure, if you want to give me that, I'll, I'll take it, Dan. Yeah, at least for the week, because I think, um, you know, I think because, you know, you you, you, you stepped away. The, the, for a while there, it got a little dicey. And then you, you know, I saw you on coffee break, and you leaned into this whole thing. You had the sign at the parade. Tell us about it. But you said, you know what? I'm finally, I'm going to own this thing. I was wrong. I'm alone. I can't bat a thousand. I'm happy. We got a championship. I'm a lifelong fan. I'm not going to be one of these jerks that's like, I'm right about everything. I'm going to find a way to admit I was, you know, I was somehow I'm going to claim a victory even when I, you know, obviously took a loss. And you owned it. Yeah. And now people are like, all right, James, you know, so, you know, for the most part, people are good sports about it, right? Yeah, totally. And, and look, you know, the only people who are never wrong with an opinion are the people who just don't bother to share them, right? It's really easy to never offer a prediction, never offer an opinion, and then be critical of those who do and are wrong. There's no way you're going to bat a thousand. My belief was always that Michael Malone was the right coach to take him from bad to, to pretty good. I didn't know if he could take him from pretty good to great. And, you know, I thought it was fair criticism. And then ultimately he proved that he, he was the right guy. And I'm thrilled that he did. My criticism came from a good place of, I want this team to win a championship. I felt when healthy, they had the talent to be a contender. When you've got the two-time MVP on your roster, you should always be a contender. And I didn't want him to waste the, the you know, Nikola Jokic's prime. So that was my concern. I thought it was valid and, um, you know, certainly had plenty of uh, evidence to, to back it up. But he went out and proved it wrong. So I, uh, I'm not going to dig in my heels and insist I'm right in the face of overwhelming evidence that I'm not. You know, that's, I think, one of the problems nowadays in anything is people are so entrenched in their opinion, they're unwilling to, to waver from it, unwilling to change from it. Even when it's clear that they uh, that they were wrong, I just think that's silly. So, yeah, man, I'm, I've been going to Nuggets games since 1979. I was as excited about this championship as anything short of Super Bowl 32, and I was going to bask in it and enjoy it, and at the same time be willing to laugh at myself and admit that I was wrong, and that's what the sign was about. So most people took it the right way. Most people take it as, hey, it's sports. You're supposed to have opinions. You're supposed to have fun with it. Some people want to continue to be, you know, jerks about it. And that's okay. They can they can 
To each their own. All right, so no more Ronnie Turcotte. Hey, Ron Turcotte probably got in the Hall of Fame, you know. That's okay. <laughs> well, is he Ronnie Turcotte or not? But I think Michael Malone did a great job of building the culture of this team. And I think a lot of that came to fruition during the postseason. I think the way he built the us against the world, we're the underdogs, we get no respect. Attitude during the first three rounds were great. I think the way he handled being tied at 1-1 after two games to the Heat and, hey, we're going down there to get two, I thought was great. Do I think Michael Malone is a great X's and O's coach? Do I think he's going to call up a, the perfect uh, play to uh, on an inbound p- pass to get a wide-open look at the end of a game? No. Do I think that when he's undermanned, he's going to outcoach the opposition? No. He had the best team in each round. He did. But he didn't screw it up. And he pushed the right buttons and motivated guys and, and had a good culture. So let's just be fine with that. Do I think he's going to coach circles around, you know, if, if the rosters were even, is he going to coach circles around some other guys in the league? No, but that's okay. That's all right. That's not what they needed. Tell us. So what was on the sign? And tell us about your experience at the parade. My sign was uh, Michael Malone's biggest fan. Hmm. Uh, the the art direction I went with was I wanted it to look like I was a fifth grade girl going to a Taylor Swift concert. So it was a lot of bright colors, um, very various colors on the letters. I thought it, uh, I thought it really just screamed that I'm a, I'm a super fan. And, you know, for the most part, everybody got a good chuckle out of it. Um, Michael Malone, when he came by on his float, did not see it. He was kind of looking in our direction, but he didn't quite catch uh, catch my eye and catch the, the sign. Uh, but our good friend Scott Hastings saw it. He gave me a, a point in the laugh. He appreciated it. So it was uh, it was good. Everybody everybody took it the right way. The, the Twitter uh, Twitter photos, uh, for the most part, responses were good. So it was uh, it was it was a fun day. We had a great time down at the parade. We do it. We've done this the last few years where you get on the parade route, and then if you hustle to your car, you can be home in time to watch the speeches because it's hard to see and hear the speeches. If you're down there, it's such a massive humanity. So get right on the parade route, get in the front front of the, 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 the masses there, get a good view and then uh, get home to see the speeches. It worked out great. Yeah, boy, I just have anxiety even thinking about that, per, you know, going down there with all those people. But I did, yeah, we were doing the um, the free meals thing at, uh, that we do, and one of the guys was back already. I'm like, dude, they're doing the speeches right now. He's like, no, no, I got back. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's perfect. That's the way to do it. The uh, I'm with you. The crowd at Civic Center would make me nervous. It's You know, I think it's a sign we're getting older, Dan. Um, on the parade route is great. It's a ton of fun. You, you feel like you get really close to the guys. You can see them. You can almost make eye contact when they get off the floats and they're running around and high-fiving people like you're right there. So it's, it's cool. And the, the basketball parade is different than hockey and football because football, there's so many guys, it's almost hard to, well, one, it's hard to know who they all are, but it's hard to kind of keep track of it. And in hockey, you know, they're, they're not six foot eleven guys that stand out of the crowd they kind of look like normal dudes so there's a reason Bo Byram got you know uh, mistaken by the police last year it's just a guy in the stands because that's what he looks like and a lot of them do so basketball is cool you get to see him you know they don't have helmets on you know that that's Jeff Green and that's Ed Smith and that's Nicola and that's Jamal you know you recognize them all so it just makes for a cool environment to be down there and be that close by the way Texter says Marilyn got the fifth grade girl part right <laughs> well done, well done. Yeah. Um, so you think 
I, so we, if you go to denversports.com, we have the article about, which I'll get into, I'm going to talk about later in the show because uh, some people, Will Peterson, for example, pushed back on me. can't remember who else. It's, I'm getting hard at all these victory laps. I have to take all the time about being right, and a lot of you know you guys push back on me, and I, I just end up being right all the dang time, and it's hard to keep score all the time. I know Will was one of these guys, um, but on the LeBron thing, so – Lo and behold, yeah, you know, Coach Malone is keeping score on that thing as well with LeBron, and we'll go. We'll talk about the DenverSports.com article about that as well. Do you think he was keeping score? I was asking DMac about this because DMac says um, Coach Malone is probably purposely a little frosty with him. I know you're not hanging around a lot. That's not part of your job. Um, do you think it'll? You know, is he keeping score with you, or is it? You know, is all forgiven? Oh, I would guess he's keeping score. I mean, I know he's keeping score. I've, I've heard about it. So, um, you know, that's fine. Um, you know, I, it's a fine line because I do like a little edge. I do like a little, you know what? We're not intimidated by you. We're going to, we're going to show up and throw it right back in your face. I mean, I think it worked well for the Nuggets in the Phoenix series. You know, you remember Bruce Brown getting into the sun puddle when they tried to take a free timeout during a review. You know, some of that I think is good. I think Michael Malone's chip on his shoulder helped them not, you know, be intimidated by going into Crypto.com Arena and there's Jack and the Kardashians and all the celebrities. I mean, I think you need a little of that. I think you can take it too far, though, and, you know, become a little bit petty and become a little bit of a sore winner. I don't know that the Nuggets have gone that far to this point. But, look, you put a bullseye on his on his back you know, right from the get-go in the playoffs. And, you know, had the Nuggets not won it, man, he was going to take a lot of heat from the national media that he was calling out. And, you know, they, they backed it up. So I guess if you're, you know, want to have the bravado and you can back it up, more power to you. Do I think that, that Michael Malone and maybe some of the folks associated with the Nuggets are teetering on the line? Yeah. I mean, just go celebrate your win. Why do you got to, you know, rub it in the Lakers' face and LeBron's face? But, Whatever, that's just not my style. I'm not really a, a trash talker. I think the results in the parade and raising a banner and getting a ring, that speaks for you. You don't have to, you know, rub it in. But, hey, if you want to rub it in, you're the champ. Go take your victory lap. You can do whatever you want. I didn't mind. I, I didn't mind any of it. Um, the, the Malone thing. I didn't either. I, I thought it was cool because I really was torqued off by the – I thought the LeBron thing was classless. Um, I thought it was calculated. I thought it was classless. And I thought it was a jerk move. Um, and, and, you know, Matt's, I think Matt Smith was one that, you know, he's a good friend, but he was like, well, it's possible. Dude, he's doing commercials, you know, when he's in a vending machine saying 20 years and counting. Like, dude's not retiring. He's just not. He's going to no. play with his kid. And so it was, a, it was a jerk. It was a classless move, I thought. I, I shouldn't say jerk move because you know what, but um, classless, I, th- I thought. It lacked class, I should say, um, which is what classless uh, means. It, it was it was self-centered, ill-timed. Do I think he Do I think he consciously said, I'm going to go out there and try and steal their thunder? No. Do I think subconsciously that's just what he always does? He always makes it about himself, and he just couldn't help himself? Yeah. That's what I think happened. I, I do knows. not think he, he verbalized out loud or even thought to himself, I'm going to go steal the Nuggets Thunder by making this about me and my retirement. I just think it comes naturally for that guy. Yeah, he knows. He's, um, he's calculating and he knows. But I will say this. I don't, I don't think so, but we'll never know. We can't, we can't get in I know. I just told you. I, I know these things. I know. You may not know. <laughs> you may not have the sense of enlightenment. You may not have gotten to the point of enlightenment yet in your 50 years yet where you know, James. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Okay. 
Um, that's okay. why, you know, that's why, you know, they pay me to judge things. But, you know, that's I okay. give people the benefit of the doubt. You just throw the yes, book at them. Yes, you give people the benefit of the doubt. So like, so, like, when a coach might be preparing his team for the playoffs and trying to get them in the best position, you give him the benefit of the doubt on things like that. Is that what you're saying, James? Well, look, it worked out well that they didn't have to play the the box. I'm just asking. I'm pitch. just asking. No. Just... It worked out it worked out well. I mean, sometimes you you fall back backward into stuff and they did. Now had they had to play the first two games in Boston, then we might have looked at taking two weeks off is not the best move. But I guarantee you this, Dan. And it worked out great. And the Nuggets don't need to apologize for the, the route they took because people picked Phoenix, people picked the Lakers, people picked the Heat. The Heat knocked off Boston, who knocked off Philly. So the Nuggets have nothing to apologize for. I will say this. I will almost guarantee you the Nuggets aren't watching just the Western Conference standings next year. They're watching the overall NBA standings because having home court advantage was monumental, and they saw it first firsthand. And if, you know, if, if they're seven up on Memphis, it ain't going to matter next year. They're going to be looking at, well, where are we compared to Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston? And that's what they should have been doing this year. It, they, they, they got a good break. It worked out. I won't even say they lucked out. It worked out. But over the course of time, more often than not, that's not going to be the right strategy. They need to be more big picture. Um, so where I was going was I, I, I could understand. I actually appreciated Malone's thing. But the Vic Lombardi thing, very funny. Um, you know, he, he was the son of a coach, but now he's a Lakers daddy. I thought it was funny, and it's great to hype up a crowd. I don't have any, I guess, problem with it. I was just very surprised by it. Like, I, man, are we really that bothered by the Lakers? Like, I, dude, we beat them. We put them out to pasture and, you know, pulled out the shotgun, and that's fine. Um, I, I just didn't know it was that necessary. Like, I'm cool with it. I don't, I don't have any problem with it. It was just like, wow, where did that come from? Well, yeah, I mean, at some point, you're just admitting that these people – exist rent-free in your head, right? Like, uh, when you when you can't make it your celebration just about yourself and about what you accomplished, it has to be about someone else. It, it, you're, letting them, you're letting them be a part of it. I didn't have an issue with it either, and I do think it's a funny line, but I do think to some extent, and whether it's, it's that, whether it's Malone going on Pat McAfee and talking about how he might, may retire, which was a jab at LeBron, whether it's Nuggets fans for years being so upset how their team gets overlooked, even though Jokic won back-to-back MVPs. Like, they do they do tend to sound a little bit like little brother, who just, you know, the world is against me, and we're getting picked on, and nothing's good enough. It's like, you know, I believe the Nuggets deserve the attention that they're going to get now, because you get, the, you get attention when you win. You don't get attention when you lose you get swept out of the second round by the Suns and lose in five in the first round of the, to the Warriors. You just don't. How much attention right now are the, are the Minnesota Timberwolves getting, right? Or other teams that got kind of dispatched up pretty quickly in the playoffs. So I think a lot of it was overhyped, overly sensitive. Just go out and win, and you're going to get attention. And Nikola Jokic was the most viewed person on social media last month. You go on NBA Twitter and ESPN Twitter, and it's all these awesome highlight reels of Nikola Jokic. Why? Because he went out and did it on the big stage, and he's a champ, and he's a winner, and now you're going to get a ton of attention. That's how you get it. You don't get it by just whining and complaining and, oh, woe is me, and why don't you pay attention to me? Go do something worthy of attention, and that's going out and winning the championship. So they're, they're going to get it now, and this is when they deserve to get it. All right, so here's a here's a very neat text to receive. And I, I'm going to take this texter at his word because it would be a v- very weird for somebody to – 
you know, impersonate Frank DeAngelis. But this text says, great show. I am Frank, assuming Frank DeAngelis. It says, I was the principal at Columbine High School when the tragedy happened on April 20th, 1999. I found out later John Elway waited to announce his retirement because he didn't want to take away from everything that was happening at Columbine High School. I thought I'd share that with you. Keep up the great work. See, these guys, and I think, first off, thank you, Principal DeAngelis, for listening. And we have met before, um, so um, do appreciate you listening. But you see what I mean? Like, they know what they're doing. There's no way LeBron didn't know that he was going to be slighting the Nuggets when he says something like that. He knows it's a bombshell. And guess how much we've heard about it since then? Diddly poo. Nothing. Yeah. I get that. I mean, it's. I think we're comparing apples and oranges here, but I, I think he, again, I think Superstars he knows aware, exactly how to get attention. Point. He yeah. knows how to get attention, and he went out and did it. Uh, do I think he consciously said, I'm going to try and steal their thunder? No, but does he always know how to get attention and know how to push buttons? Yes, and of course that's what he went out and did. So, I mean, to some extent we're splitting hairs here, but um, hey, you want yeah, to defend I, LeBron? I, 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 hey, I man, listen, point. you're on board. You're defending LeBron. You're in LeBron, LeBron camp. That's <laughs> oh, cool, man. No. Hey, you were Denver's nope, favorite. Nope, listen, you started nope, the interview. Don't represent me again, Dan. You caused a lot of my problems. <laughs> I don't want to end up in meetings anymore because of you. <laughs> anymore. I don't think I started, got you in the meeting. But you started the interview as Denver's favorite son. Now you're LeBron's favorite son. That's cool. No, I am still Denver's favorite son. That's, uh, I'm, I'm taking that moniker. I'm going to change my Twitter bio to that. Yeah, no, I can see the Vic Lombardi now because, you know, you and him are great friends. He could say, Michael Malone is LeBron's daddy and, uh, you know, uh, LeBron is uh, Marilette's daddy. You know, they could say that. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's some sort of quip about it. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, we're all in good fun here. Wait till, wait till I'm right about Russell Wilson. Then you'll, then you'll all be happy. Then it, I will be Denver's favorite son. It's your pinned tweet. We'll talk to Andrew Mason about that coming up uh, about 40 minutes from now because I know you're you're pinning all your – Man, you better be right about that one, dude. You better be right about um, that one. You feeling good? I'm going to be. Don't worry. Don't worry. That is that is a lock. All right. Happy Father's Day. Um, you got anything special Thank planned you. for Father's Day? I'm um, actually just up in Kimball, Nebraska, getting set to play in the Father's Day Classic with my kids and my father-in-law and my brother-in-law and his son. So it should be fun. Who's the best golfer in that foursome? I don't know, but it ain't me. I can tell you that much. All right, last question for you, because uh, this is kind of the topic for the show today. I love the song, and you know I'm a big music guy, James. Um, oh, yeah, nobody, nobody's a bigger music guy than you. <laughs> exactly. Nobody's a bigger music guy than me, but but uh, here comes the sun. I, I, I'm, it's a song that puts me in a good mood. It makes me feel good, but does it have enough in Because should I make it the official? On Sunday, we have Easy Like Sunday Morning, right? It's the Easy Like Sunday Morning edition of the Dan Jacobs Show. Is it enough? Is it high energy enough, though? for the Saturday, you know, to become the official opening for the Saturday show? I don't think so. I don't, no. Although, easy, like, Sunday mornings doesn't have a lot of energy. I thought you did Saturdays in the park or whatever. Nah, see, we always jump around. Yeah, we kind of jump around a little bit. Yeah, I think you got to have something with Saturday in it. I, I, I think you got to make the direct connection. All right. All right. Well, we'll put you on the tote board there. All right. Have a happy right. uh, Father's Day. We'll talk to you on Monday. Yep. Sounds good. You have a great Father's Ma- Day, too, and I'm looking forward to it, Dan. Right. Make sure you have reception. In Nebraska. Okay. On Monday. Sounds All right. good. All right. That's All right. Uh, James Bale at DenverSports.com. Your chance to react coming up next. Judge, jury, execution. Okay. That got really dark fast. Now back to his honor, Judge Dan Jacobs on Denver Sports Station 1043. The Fan.
We didn't argue too much on that one. That was nice of him. Um, we didn't look easy on him because he got he got a lot of flack after his appearance on the show last weekend. So I went easy on him. And not not because of me, but because he posted something on Twitter. And people just, man, they were, they're being mean, told James. So I said, well, let's take it nice and easy this week. Now, I don't. He was kidding, of course. I don't. You don't think James has actually had any meetings Based on what he said on this show, do you? I don't think so. You don't think he's gotten called to any meetings. I do know, this is what I do know. I do know that certain members of certain teams do listen to the program, and every once in a while they, don't, they aren't always happy. Hey, truth hurts sometimes. It's like, it's, like, uh, it's like Coach Malone says. You know, if it's truth, it ain't criticism. Right? That's, that, that's what I tend to find. We try and deliver on the show. Anyway, somebody says uh, on the text line, absolutely love hearing from Frank on a story like that. Columbine football alumni here. Yeah, we appreciate. Uh, I think this student's called a Mr. D, right? That's what they called him. Appreciate him listening to the program. That's neat that he uh, he's a listener of the Dan Jacobs show. <clears throat> I used to meet, I, I believe we met him. I met him once or twice. He would come in when I was producing Irvin Joe. Irv Brown, I think, had a pretty good relationship with Mr. D. So he would come by every once in a while. We'd talk to him. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate him listening to the show. Oh, I wanted to give a shout-out to a couple listeners of the Dan Jacobs show. By the way, I had a great time. It ended up being a little a little rough the next day. I went to the, so I went to the uh, official watch party that the fan had over at Old Chicago Highlands Ranch. And, um, you know, Mike Evans was the host. And Mark Schlereth actually came by for a half. Mike was there the whole time, crushing wings and um, <clears throat> doing a great job. By the way, he does look great. So do weight loss is doing a great job with him. He looks great. And just had a really good time. We watched the whole game. And uh, Jennifer and her husband were there. Jennifer, a big listener, and her husband, a big listener of the Dan Jacobs show. They came by. It was super nice of them. They came by and said hi. So I want to say uh, thank you to them for stopping by. So uh, always appreciate all of our listeners here on the Dan Jacobs show. And so I had a good time there. I said, uh, got to get some uh, quick, because I was hosting with DMAC 2 to 6 a.m. Because <clears throat> we said, we're, we're not, the, the city needs us. Denver needs us. We're not going to bed. And so I said, well, I'm going to go to bed for a second. So went home, slept from like, you know, I was watching on the news. I want to make sure I got some news coverage. I want to see what was going on in the streets. I said, all right, I'm going to sleep. Now, Chad Andrus and Matt Smith kept, you know, they were they were on from 10 a.m., excuse me, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And so um, I took a little tiny nap from 11 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. And I got to tell you, when that, when that alarm went off at 12.30 a.m., oh, my God, it was like getting smacked with a sledgehammer. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I just don't know. I don't know how I can do it. And I finally, I, I got out of bed. And it's funny because Chad, so Chad and I go way back. So we, Chad Andrus and I, so Chad was hosting, and he comes on the show all the time, Talk Nuggets. He's one of our Nuggets experts. But he and I met when we lived in Las Vegas. We were working at the Sports Fan Radio Network together in Las Vegas. It was a national network at the time. And so we've known each other for, I think that was 2000. So we've known each other for almost 25 years. And he's a little bit older than me, but not much. And we got into our 30s, 
he had said to me, you know, Dan, there's a rule now that you get to be our age. He says you can stay up all night or you can drink alcohol, but you can't do both. And as I got a little bit older, I'm like, you know what? Chad's right. He's absolutely right. And what I found out now, though, that we're in our 40s is you can do neither. You can't do either one because on the night of the you know, championship, I did try and stay up all night. Other than that little nap, I obviously had no alcohol because I was working. Um, and I tried to stay up all night and I went home and, you know, you're, you're doing your day. And so I slept maybe from, I don't know, 7 a.m. to maybe 8.30 a.m. And I felt like I got hit by a Mack truck. Like, I, I, I thought I was getting sick. So I don't know how DMAC did it. DMAC, this was DMAC's schedule. I was worried that he was, because, like, I didn't see him until, like, 30 seconds before the show. And, and th- this is how this went. <clears throat> so I figured DMAC would be pretty amped up because he was at Ball Arena you know, with the confetti, doing everything. It wasn't like me going home and taking a quick nap and then like, Ugh. So I get here, but, you know, I always like to get here early for shows, try and show prep, see what's going on. I was, of course, I was listening to Matt and Chad to try and get a feel for, you know, what was happening, keeping an eye on the TV, and I don't see DMAC anywhere. And I did a, you know, a quick show prep tweet. I don't see DMAC anywhere. He didn't, he didn't, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh-oh, did he, did he pass out somewhere? Like, because DMAC has little hiding places around the studio. So I'm like, well, maybe, maybe he's napping. And so then he sends out a tweet like 30 seconds before while he was typing an article. And so he, he was, he never went to bed. And so then he comes in and his voice is almost gone. Here's, here's, DMAC loves what he does so much. This is what's so funny. He comes in, he goes, uh, Dan, looking forward to this, but he sounds tired. His voice is almost gone. He says, but I want you to drive the show. And I'm like, oh, okay, because that's very kind of un-DMAC-like, because DMAC kind of likes to be in control. And then I go, okay. And then we turn the mics on, and then DMAC drives the whole thing. Fantastic. He was completely energetic the whole time. And then he's like, no, I love it. I'll sleep when I die. This was his, this was his thing. So he did the entire day, went to the game, Typed an article, you know, did the, you know, covered the celebration, all that stuff in the locker room, on the floor, gathering up confetti, typed an article for denversports.com, did 2 to 6 a.m. with me. To my knowledge, I don't think he went to bed because then he did, he did another hour with the morning show. So that got him to seven. He had to go home. Then he did coffee break with Rachel V. Hill at 10 or 1030. Then he went out to Broncos for OTAs. And then he did a show from 2 to 6 p.m. I don't think he slept at all, and he's at least 10 years older than me. Like, he's at least in his mid-50s. And I did just the 2 to 6 a.m. show and then went home, and I got a little tiny nap before, and I got a little tiny nap after, and I thought I was dying. I had no idea how I was going to make it. And I'm like, I might be sick. I don't know if I'm going to be. I, 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 go, you know, like, I didn't know what was going on. So DMAC, man, that's crazy. Those mung beans must be... Uh, Superfood of the rich and power. You know, you know how like the celebrities have Sydney. You know this, all the secrets of the stars. Like they have the you know the good doctors and they have all the good tricks to keep them young and they have the different you know injections and all that. The, the different herbs. I don't know. Maybe is Dmac? You think he's in that? I think Dmac is flying to Africa on his off days and getting peptide injections. Is that what it is? Peptide yeah. injections, stem cell therapy. Yeah. All of it. Yep, he's he's rolling with Lance Armstrong, Armstrong and Peyton Manning. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must be. Because I was, I was a mess. And he was just like, no, I'll sleep when I die. Like, All right, Tony Robbins. All right. Hey, one hour in the books. Uh, we'll get to some more of your texts. Also, I do want to get to this on DenverSports.com, this article. Um, yeah, should I take a victory lap, a victory lap on LeBron? We'll get to it next.